Welcome to Jeff in Motion. Oh. <clears throat> I don't want it to be Monday, guys. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Monday means going back to work. And that's no fun. Monday also means that I gotta get my homework done for Tuesday. Which I also don't want to do. All in all, it was a pretty good weekend. Um... I had Mike's No Mike open mic Saturday night, which was a blast. It was kind of a slim showing, though. And it concerns me that people are losing interest, which is a bummer. And um, we had maybe half the people we did last time. And if we have half again next, it'll only be the performers. So we'll see. We'll see. But I still had fun. It was a still a good crowd despite I mean nothing against the people that showed up they're the cool ones you know they actually took time out of their day but whatever <laughs> you'll notice in the uh, cover photo for this for anyone who visits the posts which I know is very few um, that I'm wearing a black button down shirt because a couple of us in the office well I was not part of this decision, but I was in the conversation. A couple people decided it would be fun, in air quotes, to dress all in black, semi-formal attire for Monday for no reason. And I mean, I'm not going to be the turd in the punch bowl, so I've got that. I've got semi-formal all-black attire. Why the hell not, right? But I've got a very sneaking suspicion that I will be, I will have been the only one to remember. Like, the time that we were all going to dress up for Halloween, and I was the only one to dress up. So it was a bunch of people in street clothes and a ninja. But whatever. Or the second Halloween, and I was the only one to dress up, but I dressed up as a half-assed Freddy Krueger so I could just take off the glove and hat and still be in pretty comfortable clothes so I learned my lesson for Halloween number two um Halloween number three I'll probably just do Ren Fair garb because that's comfy and I like it but whatever whatever so I've got a feeling that, you know, I'm going to show up and be the only... Everyone's going to be in their schlubby Monday pajama kind of clothes. And I'm going to be in a button-down shirt and pants that are back from when I was heavier. So I look like I'm wearing my older brother's clothing. Which I don't have an older brother, but you get that look. You understand. I need to get some medium button-down shirts, ladies and gents. Speaking of shirts, um, my wife and I have an issue, uh, me far worse than her, 
that when we get each other presents, we can't contain our excitement to give them to each other, so we can't tend to wait until the intended day. So I got my birthday presents like a week and a half early. And um, genuinely, genuinely surprised me and delighted me. It was a, well, I mean, this was as much of a present for her as it was for me, but a vinyl Chessex wet erase marker uh, battle grid for Dungeons and Dragons. That's just useful tool to have. But the other thing she got me was ages ago I had a when we got when we first got together a green t-shirt from jinx.com that said choose your weapon and it had illustrations of all the Dungeons and Dragons dice which I loved it I loved that shirt it was one of the first t-shirts I bought myself I loved it and it was kind of ratty when we got together and eventually it became a shirt that I couldn't like wear in public respectively and um, so it became a pajama shirt and eventually like the sleeves fell off and it was I don't tend to get that attached to shirts or clothing in general but that shirt was that sh- that was that shirt it was a shirt I would not get rid of and um, eventually it just was unwearable as a piece article of clothing and that was probably within the first year that we were together so it has been upwards of 6 years since and i'd totally forgotten about it i'd completely forgotten about it and i she handed me a, a clothing box and i was like what and she and i was like well it's not my birthday yet and she's like ah shut the fuck up and i opened the box and it's the battle grid and that shirt, which... Because the Battle Grid, I knew... I thought that might be something I could get. It was in a list of things that I could get for my birthday. But I wasn't... Like, it was still a surprise to get it. But it was... It was feasible. It was in the realm of this could be a thing to get for my birthday. But that shirt, she had got a reprinting of it. Um... And I complete like it it was a nostalgia overload and it's weird, like as it's it, it was really strange to be to realize how attached I was to a t shirt of all things. And um like to but to get a reprinting of that one t shirt that I was a little unhealthily obsessed with was I'm that my first my very very first emotion was pure joy. Second emotion was absolute love for how and then my third emotion was crippling fear because I don't have something like that for her birthday. <laughs> I was like fuck. Fuck. I like cuz she just cut me to the core. She got me. She got it. Like, that was a perfect birthday present. It wasn't too expensive. I didn't feel guilty that she got it. Uh, It was perfect. And I'm just like, fuck. 
so and then in addition to that we uh, took three of our animals to the vet which I talked about two, uh, two to get vaccinations one to get cremated and uh, holy shit guys is it expensive to keep uh, animals up to date on their shots like fucking A uh, we may have very well injected Christmas into my dog's ass. Uh, it's got me a little, got me more than a little worried about finances. But I mean, I've got birthday money coming up. I can just put that back into the bank account to pay for bills and food and stuff. So that, that's assuming I get any birthday money. I don't like to make that assumption. I don't like to bank on the generosity of people who also have to pay bills and things like that. Bleh. This podcast will release on my birthday this year. Probably talk about birthdays and aging in general on that episode. Week from today. Week from today. 27. Hmm. Anyway, um, as I billboarded for like the last two weeks, this is going to be the sex episode. I'm going to talk about sex because, sure. And um, so that's your that's your warning. If you are a relative or someone who's not interested in me talking about sex, you can jump off now. Um, I'm going to try to not be too graphic or detail oriented. I'm going to more talk conceptually about sex, but I'm sure the concept of me having sex is going to come up in this podcast. And I'm going to attempt to remain mature, but it is 7 in the morning, and I might giggle at myself a little. Um, Where to start? It's been pretty well established on this podcast that I was a late virgin um, by modern standards. Uh, I was 19. I lost my virginity to a 24-year-old at the time. And uh, she had just come off a engagement. So she was ready to have sex with the next thing that showed interest, which was me, um, and I told myself that I was capable of having sex for sex's sake, but in retrospect, I can fully admit that I did the whole, well, you know, obviously we're in a relationship now, and obviously things are going to go further, such that this was not the case, um, she could have done me a big favor by completely cutting ties and not talking to me anymore, but she did want to remain my friend, but that was only confusing for me, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, but, you know, bygones be bygones, no resentment, uh, even though there's totally room for, and justification for resentment to be there. And that, and... <clears throat> And then the next person that 
I had sex with was the woman I ended up marrying. So there's my there's my history for you guys. Uh, it's not. <laughs> I had sex with one person once before my wife, which is actually and no regrets. I don't wish I saved myself or anything because. Aislinn fully admitted in the beginning she would have been way leery about taking my virginity. Um, She was aware that I was inexperienced, but um, she did not want to be the one, the one who took my virginity. So uh, it's all, that's another reason I don't resent the person that uh, took my virginity. Because open doors, you know, open doors for me that... I would not, that would not have been, uh, I don't know, like, we, Aislinn and I don't know what would have happened if we had met while I was still a virgin, um, maybe things would have panned out the same way, maybe they wouldn't have, we can't tell, there's no way to know, but I, but I do know for a fact that it helped, the fact that I wasn't a virgin, she wasn't concerned that I wasn't experienced, but she would have been if I had literally no experience. And, um, sex is great, guys. It's, a uh, pretty fucking great. Pretty fucking great. Um, yeah, gotta say, I mean, this, the, uh, the way I billboarded this episode, and the only reason I did was because I wanted to talk about sex on Mike's No Mike Open Mic. So I didn't, again, there's a lot of cross-pollination between this and that show, so I didn't want to ruin my set for anybody. So that's the only reason I kept talking about it, because it's just, I knew I was going to do this episode, but I really don't have a plan, so it's not going to be, like, the stellar episode, the, the breakout episode of the Jeff in Motion podcast. You knew him before, but now the world knows him. It's not going to be that. Um... But I think the reason I wanted to get into this topic was somehow it had come up on on maybe Reddit or a podcast I was listening to or something. The whole the notion of going down on a girl being utterly confusing and nigh impossible. No man can understand the mystery that is the vulva. Um, that, and that just, that just isn't true. It just doesn't hold up. And I came up in an era where that was pretty, it was just, it was common comedic knowledge through movies and stand-up comedians and quote-unquote edgy TV shows that going down on a woman was practically an impossibility. Um, There was literally no man that understood how a vagina worked or what, like, it was a, a mystery wrapped in an enigma. It was a... 
yeah. So this this is where where I came up, like, and excuse me. And I mean, I'm no stranger to pornography, and if you get your like sex ed from pornography, that's not a good. It's not a good plan, but you can get some some anatomy externally anyway from pornography so there's that so like I'd seen vaginas before and they didn't seem terribly complicated but I was still you know I'd never I'd never seen one in the wild um, so there was still a nervousness to it and being... Being a the kind of person I am, I research. And granted, I didn't have a list of resources that I do today. Like, I didn't know, like, the concept of sex education outside of a school was not a thing for me. Like, I didn't realize that there were probably entire websites based on teaching proper ways to uh, go down on women and things like that um, and books upon books but I I found information probably through like erotic uh, writing and whatnot that seemed to be education enough that I got the information find clitoris go and um and there was another thing, like, the, the, the concept that the clitoris was a, an elusive creature. Something that, like, you had to find. Uh, something that it was the hunt for the clitoris. It is really, it's not a big area down there. It's, there's not a whole lot. It's like you don't have to form a search party and walk hand in hand and comb the area with your feet to find the clitoris. There's only so many places it can be. And unless you've got someone with um, unfortunately abnormal anatomy, yeah, it's really... There's only really one place it is. You find one, you found them all. Yes, there's, some are going to be bigger, some are going to be smaller, some are going to be more or less sensitive. Like, you know... Clitorises are like a fingerprint. It's they're all they're all similar but slightly different. But like and again, I was like very like anxious about the whole and like even I guess I should back up and say that I adore cunnilingus. I absolutely positively I get a lot out of it I really enjoy the whole experience the the sights, the sounds, the smells the tastes, the whole thing I I am a big fan uh, absolutely I can't say I'm a connoisseur because I am a connoisseur of one but I'm I, I am my wife's vagina's biggest fan I hope, I hope, gentlemen, 
out there. Um, whatever. They can be fans all they want as long as she's not cheating on me with them. And, uh, which I have absolutely no worries in any way of Ace and cheating on me. Um, I mean, one, I trust her. Two, the absolute, utter hatred she has for the concept of cheating assures me that I'm safe. Like, because she's been fucked over one too many times, and, uh... I feel safe that she would just leave me before she would cheat on me. And I hope that she feels the same way. Because that is the case. Would absolutely never in a million, billion, zillion, trillion years cheat on my wife. Would sooner leave her than cheat on her. Because that is shitty. And I'll probably get back to that. But I'm at Cunnilingus at the moment. And... Finally, the clitoris, as it turns out, not that hard. Not that hard. You know those diagrams in high school health class where it shows the vagina? It's like labia majora, labia minora, vagina, urethra, clitoris. Guess what, guys? They, that wasn't false. They weren't lying. There isn't, like, additional only sex-related anatomy that they don't print in textbooks. That's the vagina, that's it. That's the external, that's the vulva. Because the vagina is the vagina. That's the, the entrance and inside um, the, before you hit the cervix and uterus. So the, the vulva is the whole package. That's, I love, I love them vulvas. Uh, well, I know for a fact I love one. I haven't had experience with any with many others in in uh, in real life, and only had FaceTime with my wife's. But the vulva, it's a beautiful thing. It's a great thing. Big fan. I'm a I I am fir- I am a firm believer, or I can stand by my firm love of the vulva. Um, but guess well, guess what, guys? It's not any different, really, than what you saw in your textbook. Um, it's a lot more, it's a lot sexier than what you saw in your textbook, because guess what? A drawing, uh, a clinical drawing of a vulva doesn't tend to be that sexy. But it's there. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's where everything meets. It is right at the tip of the pubic bone, and that's, you know, for whatever evolutionary benefit, uh, sex feels great, and it's at the tip of the pubic bone, so when you're having sex, it rubs against your, and this is, you know, heterosex, obviously, because that's what I have experience with, mostly, and you are just, so, like, you know, having hetero, sexual penetrative intercourse you know penis goes in the vagina yada yada the uh, the male partner's pubic bone is going to rub against the female partner's pubic bone which is going to cause friction which is friction is what the clitoris likes it's evolutionarily 
The clitoris is made to be an additional pleasure for the female. Um, so, you know, there's potential there that, you know, uh, while having penetrative sex, gentlemen, um, just railing on your female partner um, while fun, and it has a certain place, uh, depending on what kind of mood is set. Uh, there's also, you can't count out the more grinding variation of sex because you get a lot of uh, clitoral stimulus that way. And they're like, like I said, every, every girl is a, is a unique flower or whatever they want to be. They could be a, um, a tomato. Tomatoes are nice, um, but they're unique. That's the important part. They're unique. Um, some are, uh, some vaginal penetration, vaginal stimulus is more their cup of tea. Some, it is more clitoral stimulus. So they, I mean, there you go. And that, uh, that in our, uh, ace on my particular, particular case, um, clitoral stimulus is more the way to go. Um, and I don't tell you that as a tip for, uh, having sex with my wife. I tell you that as a, just kind of an explanation as why it's so great that we ended up together because goddamn do I love cunnilingus and clitoral stimulus is the way to go for her. So, I really don't know if that was an overshare or not. Um, I will find out in a few hours. Ha ha. Um, if it was on, sorry. Sorry. Um... Now I've made myself nervous. Oh well, whatever. And so, yes. But first time, first time I went down on my wife. Um, she wasn't my wife at the time, just a girlfriend. Um, and she asked me, that was really your first time? And I was like, yeah, because I had overprepared. I, you know, I made sure I knew where the clitoris was. I knew I made sure, you know, to... I... I, I was overprepared. I mean, granted, there's no such thing as being overprepared, but I prepared for a battle for this, this super difficult, enigmatic, nebulous vulva... Um, I've been overusing the word nebulous lately, so my wife is going to roll her eyes at that, but whatever. Um, there, so, like, I had, I had prepared for war, and it turned out it's just fun time. It's just happy, sexy fun time, not a goddamned battle. And so I... And I mean, granted, I had plenty to learn and have learned in the seven or so years that we've been together. Um, but that first time, goddamn, is that a confidence boost when the first time you go down on someone, not to brag, but kind of to brag, that they're like, wow, was that really your first time? Now, granted, and I feel confident in saying this because Aislinn has mentioned this on her own podcast, so I'm gr- all green lights there. Uh, that I did have a little help because she does have a clitoral hood piercing. So, I mean, if you have the hood of your clitoris pierced, which is a separate 
body part, the hood of the clitoris is not the clitoris. Don't, ladies, don't go get your clitoris pierced. Get the hood of your clitoris pierced. Totally different. Um, a lot less risk with getting the hood pierced. Um, but she did have a hood piercing, so it was, I was capable of, it was, how did I put it? It was a road sign. It was, clitoris is here. Big billboard, like, um, so I, because, you know, people have sex in the dark because people are self-conscious about the way they look. And that's just a fact. You could be the sexiest motherfucker on the planet. You still have sex in the dark the first couple times because you're just... That just tends to be the way things go. But I did have a big old signpost being like, boom, clitoris. So, you know, I I had a little... I kind of had cliff notes in addition to my prepared work on what I was doing. I don't really have an end for that. Um, I guess it ended in a little bit of a humble brag, but whatever. What the fuck ever. Um, I guess, let me see. While we're, we're on oral sex, so why not continue on oral sex? Um, it has been, I don't know if I ever officially talked about it on this podcast, but there was a point where I got very, very drunk very drunk, and started making out with a gay gentleman, um, he went down on me a little, and I mean, my seven shots of vodka in an hour and a half logic was, well, it would only be polite for me to return the favor, and so I did, and I don't remember a lot of the details, but I do remember the fact that I went down on a gay guy, um, I mean, a gay guy's penis isn't any different from a guy, just your average Joe's penis, so, you know, there's that, but, um, I don't know why I always mention this, but it does seem to give some people, like, I don't know, like, the people who have, like, latent homophobia, it seems to calm them down, that neither of us, uh, orgasmed, because we were both fucking trashed, so that, I mean, we just kind of played with each other's dicks for a little bit, fell asleep. And then, you know, there was some fallout, and I believe I've talked about that before. Um, But years later, we kind of buried the hatchet, and we remained friends. So there's that. Long story short, it all worked out for the the better. Some, uh, I was a bit immature for about a year, and then I grew the fuck up and was like, hey, that's a thing, whatever. I know this about myself now. And, but like, so... I've been there, ladies. I don't know how many ladies I have that listen to my podcast other than my wife. But, like, so, I can be sympathetic. Having a dick in your mouth is weird. Um, it's a weird thing. And I don't know, like, as me personally, I have a drive and desire to give oral sex. It, 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 it just, it pushes the right buttons in my brain. Um, I have very nearly orgasmed on my own while giving oral sex. I goddamn love it. I'm not 
bragging here. This is just a fact. But receiving oral sex is a weird place that I have... I've gotten over it. I mean, I love fucking receiving oral sex. And, um... But here's the thing, like... I've come up in a culture... And, like, I've come up in a kind of counterculture to the machismo, misogynistic, uh guys are more important, girls need to serve them kind of culture. I've come up with, you know, in the she comes first camp and the, you know, always think of her because uh, just, you know, you know, feminist, hippy-dippy, care for people kind of shit like that. And it leaves me, it, it left me. Um, it's a hang-up I've gotten over in a weird place while receiving oral sex because... I was the only one receiving pleasure, at least to my knowledge, um, because I know I have since learned that there are women who, like, genuinely enjoy giving oral sex in the similar way to the way I enjoy giving oral sex, but, um, I I don't have any statistics, but I have a gut feeling that it is not 50-50. I don't... I feel that more men like going down on women than women like going down on men. I don't have any numbers to back that claim up. That is just my gut feeling. But, I mean, I know for a fact that Aislinn does not share the same zeal I do for going down on me as I do her. But she's... And now this is where I learn to gracefully receive oral sex... Um, which was, you know, I don't expect anything of her when I'm going down on her. So therefore, she, because we're, you know, equals and reciprocal adults about the, about sex and sexuality, I should not in turn expect her to be, or assume she's expecting things of me while she is, because it, you're pleasuring your partner. You love your partner, or you uh, lust for, like, you don't, like, whatever. You don't have to be in love to have sex. We all know that. Um, but you you have a mutual respect for your partner. You want to give them pleasure. Um, and as someone receiving oral sex, or really any kind of sexual act, you need to be respectful of their respect towards you and not be like, well, <laughs> You know, if you if you move this way, I could touch your butt. Or, you know, you just gotta just, like, chill out. This is your moment for you. But it's tough. It's tough because I've, I've actively tried to avoid being um, misogynistic and whatnot. And it feels like a very... The act of receiving a blowjob... Um, and this is in no shortened part to movies, media, and porn... It seems like a very subservient act on the part of the female or or whoever um, in the relationship. It, this could easily, this dynamic could be in a homosexual relationship too. Um, when, I couldn't tell you, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, rational thought going on in my one homosexual experience. It was a lot of vodka is what was going on. But... 
fuck, I was completely spaced. Shit. I know I was talking about blowjobs. Oh, but, like, it just, it feels like it's something that, you know, like, a man's like, get on your knees and suck my dick. That, that feels like where it comes from, but I know for a fact that is not where it comes from in my relationship. It is a, a mutual respect and a love of each other and a wish to pleasure the other person, to give them pleasure. And that's, I mean, that's a great place to come from. But, and I have since been able to just be like, all right, cool, awesome, good. But I, I'll admit that there were, there have been times where I was just like, oh, this is, you know, I, I'm not doing anything for her. I, you know, I, you get, I get, we have anxiety. Um, I mean, granted, blowjobs are great. So that didn't really stop me from, I didn't deny blowjobs or anything. Um, I would often actively push for uh, 69ing, which, you know, that seems, it seems like the best of both worlds there, but, you know, some people aren't into it. And I mean, I get it. Who, like, I've got no problem with my, uh, with female anatomy all up in my face. I, in fact, love it. Um, love it, love it, can't get enough of it. But I can understand why you wouldn't want man dick balls and ass, like, hovering over your face. I get that. I get that. I get that. So, I can see, and, like, I can see, and, like, while 69ing is appealing to me, I can fully respect that it is not to all parties involved. Shit, I only, I basically only talked about oral. Oh, oh, I'll talk about cheating. Um, because I've got a little bit of time and it's not a terribly difficult concept. Um, it's not, it's never going to happen. Like, I will never, ever cheat on my wife. Um, I'm not going to say I'm never going to have sex with anyone other than my wife because, you know, I've talked about polyamory, yada, yada, yada on this podcast um, my, and again, my wife and I aren't, like, gunning for polyamory, but I'm not gonna rule anything out, who fucking knows? Because I genuinely have a feeling that Aislinn and I can get through anything. If you listen to, uh, today's episode of Mike, uh, mixing it up with Mike Carpenter, you'll probably also believe that Aislinn and I can get through fucking anything. Um, I don't, I'm, you, that's figurative. Not. Hmm. Anyway, so, like, and this was a big part of my stand-up set, was I'm incapable of cheating on my wife, even in my imagination. If, say, I am having a little bit of alone sexy time, which is, uh, which happens, you know? Um, And there's a thing, really quick, masturbating does not mean you're not getting enough uh, sexual, uh, stimulus, it doesn't mean that you don't want your girlfriend slash wife slash boyfriend masturbating, it's a different feeling, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, you're taking yourself to town, it's not something to be ashamed of, if your boyfriend, girlfriend, lover masturbates, don't, don't sweat it, it's a thing, it's just, it's a, it's a natural urge, um, it's healthy, it's, um, I'm preventing cancer, um, I'm preventing prostate cancer, whatever, so don't, don't sweat it, 
But like, say I'm having a little bit of a lone sexy time. If if another woman wanders into my thoughts, I often end up losing my erection because I'm like, oh hey, another woman's in town in the sexy thought time. But then I'm like, well, I mean, I couldn't cheat on my wife. And then I imagine, well, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe in this imagine, imagination time, uh, sexy imagination time, my wife has passed. Or we were never together. And I'm like, well, that's sad. Because I really love my wife. Man, what a bummer. And, well, or it's just, well, maybe she's passed away and I've, you know, had the appropriate morning time and I wonder how long it would really take me to get back out on the, on the, you know, in the have sex again. I mean, it would easily be a couple years because I know almost everything I know about sex I learned with Aislinn and, well, shit, and, like, I end up in this spiral of, well, you know, obviously you can't be cheating on your wife. So this this woman that wandered into your imagination during your imagination sexy fun time um, just via your subconscious firing in a particular way um, I don't have a air quotes spank bank in my head where I have like women I think about it's I tend to be good at just turning off filters and masturbation imagine, um, uh, imagination fun time is one of those times where I just you know safe search filter off let's see what happens in my imagination and but almost all the time I'd say pretty solidly every time another woman wanders into my uh, imagination zone uh, masturbation fun land I end up like not masturbating and just thinking about how sad it would be if my wife and I weren't together so there's that the only, the other, like, the 0.08% of the time that that doesn't happen is when my brain decides that my wife's kind of into it and we end up, all three of us, having a good time. Um, which often uh, ends up me imagining those two, uh, my wife and someone, having a great time and... It often doesn't involve me, but whatever, it gets the, you know, it, it serves my purposes. Um, I honestly have no idea how my wife is going to react to this episode. But I don't think I, I didn't say anything I wouldn't have said with her in the room. So that's where I stand. If I, if I would say something with her in the room, um, I feel safe saying it on here. For this will spawn a conversation or two, though. Love you, honey. I also wonder if my brother-in-law made it through this whole episode. Kind of hope he heeded the warning at the top. I feel he would. I feel he would. Huh. I mean, I've got a kid. Put two and two together, I've had sex with my wife, you know? You know? I'm sure I'll end up talking about sex again, because I only hit the tip of that iceberg. That sexy, sexy iceberg. 
Um, I apologize for the people who think that I love my wife too much. Fuck you. I love her just the right amount. I feel. And they only get stronger every day. So, fuck you. I love my wife. Eat a dick. I mean, unless you're into eating dicks, then that would be a good thing. I don't know. I don't know. And on that note, I'm at work. My throat's all scratchy from talking a lot. I'm going to go see if I'm the only one in black semi-formal attire, which I've got a sneaking suspicion I will be. Have a good week. I don't know what I'll be talking about on Friday, but hopefully within the week I'll have figured that out. This has been your Monday edition of Jeff in Motion, the Sexisode. God damn it. See you Friday.